Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. This is Tracy Velt, Editor-in-Chief of Content for Realtrends. We're speaking to the top brokers in the country to take a peek at how they've built their businesses. We'll talk about lessons learned, personal passions, and their top strategies for recruiting and retaining productive agents. Today, we're speaking with Eden Sunshine, CEO for Realty Executives Phoenix. Welcome, Eden. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning. So we're going to start at the top. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in the business and ultimately came to be CEO of Realty Executives. Well, it's a, it's a long story. I'll keep it very brief. I'm actually a business guy. I've been an entrepreneur and a business owner my entire life, and I started a coaching and consulting company focused on supporting small and medium-sized businesses uh, back in 2000, um, in 2000, so it's been 20 years now. And uh, through that process, about two or three years into my work, I was contacted by a re- real estate coaching company out of Ottawa, Canada, and they asked me to support them and consult them on building their business. Turns out their client base were um, restricted to, or they had kind of a boutique approach to just working with high production uh, realtors, people that were doing over 750000 or more in GCI. And in my work with them, they were so pleased with my support of their company, they asked me if I would be interested in working with some of their uh, agents. And so I found myself working with some of the top real estate agents in North America and Canada, um, you know, people that were doing a million, two, three, four, you know, 10 million in GCI and really helping build their teams and understand the difference between being a good realtor and being a good leader and manager of a real estate business. Fast forward to 2017, one of my clients who I worked with back in 2004-2005 was one of the agents or was one of the agents for realty executives here in Phoenix and introduced me to the owners of the realty executives brokerage and they asked me to start consulting with them and helping them with the brokerage and it about two months into that engagement they asked me if i would come and run the business no that's that's what got me here yeah oh great so i'm a Uh, business guy i'm a real estate guy (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean so obviously you you haven't been involved with realty executives since the beginning but i'm sure you've learned some lessons um building building a business in general. So yeah. what, are, what are the two top lessons that you've learned, um, you know, building a business that other brokers can learn from as well? Oh, my gosh. Two, uh, two really, really important things, Tracy. Number one, systems are everything. Um, you know, I, I operate on a principle that the key to success of any business is dependent on the quality of its systems. And the systems range from how you answer the phones, in the business to how you in, in the real estate business specifically how you do your recruiting how you hire your team um, how you're going to market how you're going to support in the processing of transactions through your business everything and anything you do is a system and and if you want to improve the business the focal point of the improvement is improving your systems and then second to that is and not necessarily 
um, secondarily, but in addition to it, let's just say that's equally important, is the culture of your organization. And there's a lot of confusion I find in small business um, and business in general about what culture means. And so culture is, is very specifically not a list of core values that are on a wall, but really the living out of the core values among the people in the organization. So it's, it's things that differentiate like Nordstrom's. You walk into a Nordstrom's and you know their culture is all about exceeding their customer expectations because it's being lived out by their, um, their employees. If you fly a Southwest Airlines flight where their culture is about fun and friendliness, you're going to see evidence in the way that's lived out. So here at Realty Executives, we're very, very, very focused on building and refining our systems. And we never look at, at, at individuals and say we're having a breakdown in results here because of an individual. We always look at the system as being the source of the problem. And then it creates a greater sense of collaboration. And then we are very, very intentional about mentoring and developing people so that they can be in alignment with our core values and our culture. So we see a very vibrant living culture because it's exhibited in our people's behavior. Oh, great advice. I, I love that. Um, and it kind of goes into the next, which is, you know, your aha moment. What what was the one aha moment that you had as it pertains to, you know, joining the brokerage or growing a business or um, just kind of deciding to follow your passions? Yeah. Um, I would say probably the big aha moment that I had here at Realty Executives is um, – uh, took place, we were doing a, um, uh, our annual business um, planning event. And I, I'm a really, really strong advocate for collaboration. And through my consulting and coaching business, we do these um, uh, annual mastermind groups and all this kind of stuff. And, and so it's all grounded in collaboration. And somebody told me that you're going to find that realtors – don't collaborate with each other. They don't want to share their secret sauce. But during this business um, uh, planning event, um, I set the room up in an interactive setup rather than a traditional classroom setting. And I was actually blown away by how willing, at least at this, at this organization, how collaborative and willing people were to share with one another. And so we've you know, and since I've been here, we've really been fostering this, uh, these opportunities for people to collaborate with one another because that's what they want to do. And at least that's the culture here at Realty Executives. They want to collaborate, and they're very, very generous with the information they're willing to share and help each other with. Yeah, collaboration is so important. I mean, especially since every day agents are working with a competitor <laughs> to, get a, to get a transaction right. closed. So, yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So obviously um, brokers build their business with a strategic mix of organic growth and then M&A or mergers and acquisitions. Tell me a yeah. little bit about how Realty Executives grew, and was there one year that um, you made a, a big growth leap? Well, actually 2018 was a really, really big year for us, and it was as a result of um, you know, organic growth, some very, very intentional recruiting strategies, and some merger and acquisition. So it was really a combination of all those things. And, um, you know, we were able to do that largely because um, we looked at our efforts as not being an effort of one or two key people that were focused on recruiting, but it became uh, a, almost a game 
for the entire organization, you know, a time about 50 or so uh, staff and employees here. And everybody understood their role and relationship to the recruiting and retention efforts here. And so we were incredibly dialed in and had, and had at least since I've been here, we've had, that was a very, very stellar year as far as recruiting and growth. Tell me a little bit about your recruiting strategy or lessons learned trying to figure out the recruiting puzzle. So it, what's really interesting is um, the wide range of engagement that people have in the real estate, that agents have in the real estate industry. You know, you've got the range of the part-timer that's doing, you know, a couple transactions a year and they really, you know, the transaction comes up very organically for them. Maybe it's a friend or family member or maybe it's something that they're doing for themselves flipping and they're, they're wildly disengaged. Let's just put it that way. It's just, you know, it, they've got their license and if something comes up, then they'll go through a transaction. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, the, the folks that wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and this is their life. And, you know, I'll never forget I was talking to an agent years ago and I asked the question, how many hours a week do you work? And this gal looks at me and she says, I work all of them, you know, every hour. And so you've got this range of engagement among agents in the industry and even here at Realty Executives. And so what I discovered is – you couldn't approach them all the same when it came to recruiting because the message for somebody that is knee deep in it and living it hour by hour is going to be very, very different than somebody that is engaged in a periodic transaction. So what we did is we've, we've done like ultra tight segmenting of the market. We do massive amounts of um, research on individuals that we're specifically targeting for recruiting efforts. And we know this, their story because of their history, where they're currently at in the market. We know that they're, they're, when they're having uh, uh, an up year or a down year, we know uh, where they're doing their transactions. We know if they're doing uh, largely uh, you know, listings or, or working with uh, buyers. We know so much information about them that we can craft our specific message to them. And so they feel like, and in reality, we're really speaking directly to them in a way that is most meaningful. We know what the psychographics are for the folks that are, you know, the engaged producers and what's most important to them. And that's what's enabled us to be most, most effective with our recruiting. Oh, great strategy. Um, so we're going to move into challenges and opportunity. Where do you, what do you, you know, what do you see as the greatest challenge in the business today? Um, I see, now, Phoenix is kind of, I think is kind of an interesting market, even in comparison to like Tucson. I think one of the mm -hmm. biggest challenges that we're looking to, to deal with and, and overcome is the, this internal um, uh, question. It's, and it's not even so it's an internal question. People are asking about the culture of the offices, like the environment. And uh, but we have this virtualization of the business that's been taking place, let's say, over the last 10 or 12 years. So you hear this, you, you hear this dialogue, we want a culture, we want a place where we can go and be a part of and, and be engaged with other people and you know, kind of that traditional office kind of environment. But then everybody's so comfortable working from home. And so, you know, it's like, how do we get them to come in the office? Because they say they want to be part of that culture but the virtualization and technology has made it so easy for them to not work in an office environment and trying to figure out how to respond to that, how to create an environment where people feel connected and they feel like they have 
this opportunity to collaborate like we talked about earlier uh, with others, uh, create that environment where they feel like they've got somebody who's got their back, but then also understand the dynamic of maybe they don't want to work in an, in an office. And, um, you know, and, and the other you know, subtle uh, thing that we're noticing around that too is that some people still feel like they want a private office. And, but we're seeing fewer and fewer people renting private offices. They want a more collaborative workspace. So also kind of navigating through the dynamic of what are our office environments going to look like in order to accommodate this, you know, this, this uh, seeming tug between the virtualization and the desire for people to be around other people. Right, definitely. Yeah, that is a huge challenge. Um, especially in this kind of virtual office environment as well. So, yeah. 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 So let's talk about opportunities. Where do you see the greatest opportunity in real estate brokerage? Um, I, I think that um, there, there's been some, a few brokerages that have kind of dabbled in and explored this idea of like an employee-based um, agent model. But, but it, I don't think it necessarily has to be an employee-based agent model, but this is a complex business for people. I mean, let's face it, being a realtor, you have to be really good at a lot of things if you want to be successful. You have to be good at marketing. You have to be good at selling. You know, I mean, like getting people to sign a listing agreement with you or a buyer broker agreement or something like that. Uh, they have to be good at the contract. They have to navigate and, and manage the organization side. There's, a, there's a, such a wide variety of skills that are required to be really good. And usually what you find is some of your top agents generally are people that are more sales and marketing oriented, and they're not necessarily the, uh, the, the organization, the paperwork oriented people. And when they start to get their business large enough, obviously their first step is get an admin support or transaction coordinator to help them be able to support their business. Uh, but I think where the opportunity exists is, uh, is helping agents uh, get into an environment where they can be specialized in what they're really good at. Um, you know, if somebody's really, really good at working with buyers, really get good at that and focus on that. Uh, people like working with um, lead generation, then focus on that and get really good at that. So in other words, kind of move away from the, um, the jack-of-all-trades kind of model and really focusing on specialization. So that's something that we're starting to explore and look at and see how that model might be able to help people be more successful. But it would require creating a, a more of a team-oriented concept. Right, definitely. Yeah. We're going to switch gears a little and get personal. So uh, <laughs> tell me, what or who inspires you? Oh, this is really personal for me because I've been uh, you know, a business owner and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And I would consider myself a really, really, really staunch advocate for business owners. And the fact is, Tracy, you know, we and I in our country um, – acknowledge our first responders, you know, military personnel, fire, police, people that take that first line. And quite frankly, I think business owners get overlooked in, in this. Um, they are unsung heroes in our society. And having worked with business owners, you know, uh, firsthand for 20 years, the risks and, and what they put out there for in hopes of building something of value to a community, but also creating employment 
and they're creating jobs and they're I mean they're mortgaging and leveraging their homes and they're and they're getting into massive amounts of debt. They're taking a massive amount of risk in order to create opportunities for our society and for for business to grow. So my heroes are business owners. And I love there's a there's a there's a podcast out there called How I Built This by uh, in the in the uh, podcasters Guy Guy Raz, and he interviews business owners um, and some you know like the, the the founder of Stitch Fix, the founder of Chickaboom Pop, and so on and so forth. And you listen to their stories and you just go, they're average people that worked really really hard. In some cases, got lucky, but they put themselves out there and they took massive risks and put themselves in massive amount of debt in you know, for a particular cause or for, you know, because of something they were passionate about. So that's who inspires me, anybody that's out there really working at it and trying to make that happen. Yeah, and I've heard of the podcast. I haven't listened to it, though, so I'm going to have to um, do so, but I've seen some some kind of transcripts from it, so yeah. it's interesting. It's really, yeah. really inspiring, yeah. when you And, you know, he always asks a question at the end of the podcast, you know, do you think it, you know, uh, was about luck or hard work or skill and, you know, some people say, you know, it's hard for my ego to, to accept the idea that, you know, luck had a big part of it. But the reality is when you listen to their stories, you realize that because they were in it, something happened. Like, like the luck appeared for them because they were in, in the fight. They were engaged and the luck and the opportunity presented itself. So, yeah, it's, right. great. it's a great podcast, yeah. Yeah. And I found I have, I've been interviewing um, – brokers and business owners for gosh 20 years now and i find that this next question um there's always something that has happened in childhood or teenage some type of experience positive or negative that shapes the person they are today what was your experience um one of the things uh, my dad taught me a lesson my dad was an entrepreneur as well and he made a comment to me uh years ago and he he said, when you start and build a business, always focus on building it to sell it. Now, I want to, I want to say something. <laughs> I want to make a little disclaimer. If you're one of our realty executive agents and you're listening to that, we're not building this business to sell it. But when you focus on that, it shifts, it shifts your mindset to how do I create a business of sustainable value? not a business that's dependent on me as the primary character. And by the way, I see this is in brokerages largely. It's, 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 a, it's a people-driven, it's almost a celebrity-driven type business. Like who's the DB of that brokerage? Who's the primary person? And it's like they move from place to place. People move from place to place because they're following that person because the business hasn't created the value. It's the individuals, and I'm not discounting the importance of the individuals creating value, but the lesson I learned was that when you think about building a business for the purpose of selling it, you shift your mindset to creating this business of sustainable value that serves a market, and if somebody were to come in and say, buy it, because I was in that space before where I tried to sell businesses, and people would walk in and they go, you are the business. <laughs> the only reason this business is surviving is because of you. And if you're not here, there is no business. And that was really true. And it's so true for many businesses. And it's potentially true for a lot of brokerages too. So if the shift goes to – now, I'm not saying to literally sell it, although it could create some opportunities for that. But it gives an opportunity to really scale and expand the business when we start thinking about, if I was building this to sell it, what would I do different? 
Yeah, and that's interesting because um, Steve Murray, the president of Real Trends, really focuses on that. Um, mm-hmm. And he has found, especially with teams, that they're very hard to value because yeah. the it, it, the team is basically one person. Um, right. And so, you know, especially with teams, it's so important to build them um, so they outlast the team leader. So, yeah. It's, it, th- that's so true, Tracy, and that's one of the conversations I've had with team leaders, uh, you know, these agents around the country for years and years. You know, it's a, so it, 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 it's talking about celebrity status, right? I'm the agent. Everybody knows me. I'm the person. And it's very, very difficult for them to, to say, you know, you've got to brand your business and so it's not your name. Right. And, and that's hard for people to do that because it's like, oh, well, if I'm not talking to that person, what does that mean? So, but it's, but it's very, very true. And you're at, you hit the nail on the head, for, especially within this industry, teams being an integral concept and an integral approach to, you know, to building a business, but being able to you know, build it. And so the, the, team, the value of the team is not dependent on the, that individual is really, really tough. Yeah. But it's doable. Yes. <laughs> well, Eden, thank you so much for your time. Um, all of your coaching has definitely come through. This has been a wonderful interview. I appreciate all of your insight. Uh, so thank you for joining Real Trends. Thank you very much for having me.